Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series, the number one podcast for brain injury and concussion resources. I am Amy Zalmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Dr. Terry Trinka about vision problems after brain injury. This episode is brought to you by Integrated Brain Centers. Located in Denver, Colorado, Drs. Shane Stedman and Perry Maynard are experts in functional neurology and treat complex concussion cases from around the country. With over 20 years combined experience, they are leaders in helping patients who are suffering from post-concussion symptoms, including dizziness, vertigo, headaches, and more. For your free consultation, you can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. Hello, I am Amy Zellmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February 2014. I am a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, and author of Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal, available on Amazon. Additionally, I am also editor-in-chief of the Brain Health Magazine, and you can get a free digital subscription at thebrainhealthmagazine.com. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And also, don't forget to join my private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today, my guest is Dr. Terry Trinka, and Dr. Trinka has studied extensively in the fields of vision and health. After receiving a Bachelor of Science from University of Illinois, he went on to graduate from the Illinois College of Optometry as a Doctor of Optometry. He furthered his education by obtaining a degree as a certified nutritionist. In addition, he is a syntonic optometrist and a member of the College of Syntonic Optometry. This is a group dedicated group of doctors dedicated who use specific frequencies of light to help many health, learning, brain, and eye conditions. Dr. Trinket is a neurological optometrist and a member of NORA, Neuro-Optometric Optometric Rehabilitationist Organization, who uses his neurological background to help people with concussion and brain injury. He's also a member of the International Association of Functional Neurology and Rehabilitation. Dr. Trinka is passionate about educating people about the details of the eye-brain connection in order to guide them through the process of balancing and rebuilding vision-brain connection. He works with patients in the Denver, Colorado area and around the United States and enjoys hiking with his family and living in the natural beauty of the mountains while still being close enough to Denver to take advantage of its cultural opportunities. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. Trinka. I'm very happy to have you here today. And I am as well happy to be here too, Amy, to spread the message that neurooptometry can help people that have had brain injuries. I really want to yeah. make a point uh, before we get started, um, and that is, I love the fact that you said understanding vision problems after brain injury instead of eye problems, because vision is so much more than eye. Um, Mm -hmm. Most people are familiar with eye doctors who do eyesight examinations. They don't do vision examinations. And so a very popular term is 20-20 vision. 
in my opinion, there's no such thing. It's 2020 eyesight. And that is, can, is there a clear image focused on the back of your eye? And if there is, and you can see a certain letter at a certain size letter at a certain distance, you have 2020 eyesight. Vision is so much more. It's so much of the rest of what is affected when you get a traumatic brain injury or a hit on the head or something like that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, it's your brain that sees, not your eyes. Your eyes send the information to your brain. Um, right. So, you know, I think, I think that's often something people don't understand also, right? Like, oh, my eyes, you know, see, but it's like, no, not, it's not your eyeballs. <laughs> they just no, and that's the why I have a, a business called the iBrain Connection, because mm-hmm. the iBrain Connection is really what it's all about. And um, there are channels that go from your eye to the brain and from your brain to the eye. So it's a two-way street. And there's a right and left channel. There's a top and bottom channel. There's a central and peripheral channel. And probably the biggest thing I want to get across to anybody listening today is that people have symptoms that are related to their vision because of an imbalance between those channels. Yeah. And the goal of anybody who works in this, in this arena um, is to balance the channels because there's mismatches and the mismatches causes all the symptoms. So let me give you a, let me give you a for instance. Okay. So there's a channel, uh, a stream, uh, a pathway from the eye to the brain that has to do with central detail and it involves a certain kind of nerve cell called a parvocellular um, pathway. And parvocellular is all about detail. It's all about color. It's all about the shape and what it is. And there's another pathway that has to balance with that and that is called the magnocellular pathway. And the magnocellular is all about the peripheral retina. It's all about the periphery. It's all about how you can figure out where you're at in space, which is an enormous issue for a person that's had a hit on the head. Um, they, they don't know where they're at in space. And the whole object is to balance this peripheral awareness with central detail. This is all stuff you and I just take for granted unless you have something like a TBI. And then mm-hmm. it's, not, it's, it's not theoretical. Um, it's like, oh, my gosh, I don't know where I'm at space. I can't judge where other things are in relation to me. And so one of the things that I would do as a neurooptometrist is to try to improve. And, and, and really what happens is, the, the magnocellular is much more um, vulnerable to a traumatic brain injury or to a hit on the head. And so, you know, usually people that have TBIs, unless they're like super, super severe, their, their central eyesight and detail is preserved. They can still see stuff. You know, they can still, with their glasses or their contacts or with their naked eye or whatever, they can still see. 
but they don't make as much sense out of what they see mm, because the right. periphery is so messed up. So that's a, that's a giant point to make is this balancing. And this is central peripheral balancing. And that's really, really important. And it's not ever tested in a normal eye exam. So if yeah. you get a hit on the head, sure, it's great to go to a, an eye doctor and make sure that you don't have any organic problems in your retina. You don't have a tear or a hole or a detachment or um, a loss of field or something like that. That's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, and you should do that. But a good neuroautometrist does that in addition to looking at the, the balance of these different streams, these different pathways um, that go from your eye to your brain and back to your eye. That mm-hmm. seem reasonable? Yeah. And, you know, when I first had my injury, my eyes were, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't really describe it. I just said something wasn't quite right. Um, my left eye had always been my dominant eye, and now it felt like it was fighting with my right eye. Um, and my eye doctor, I had been seeing her for like 15 years, so she knew me really well. And she's like, okay, something's going on with you, but your vision's fine. Like the acuity was fine, right? Right, and your eyesight was fine. Yep, the eyesight was fine. Um, but she kept doing all these little tests with me and she's like, Are you seeing double? And I'm like, I don't think so, you know. Um <laughs> and so between her and the neurologist, they sent me to the neurooptometrist. And, you know, he did a little bit more of a thorough testing with me, but he still all he told me was that I had PCS and that I just had to give it more time. And, you know, that left me so frustrated. And, you know, it took me two and a half years to find functional neurology who finally figured out it was eye tracking problems. Right. Um, And that my left eye just was like lagging behind a little bit. Um, So, you know, it was super frustrating. And I hear this over and over and over from people. And, you know, my eye doctor had tried prisms, um, but she would put different prisms in front of me and none of them really did anything for me. Um, So I never actually you know, tried prisms where I know other people prisms have been very helpful. Um, but again, you know, prisms aren't, yeah. And prisms aren't always the answer, right? They're, they're more of a crutch. Um, they don't fix um, the problem. Maybe, maybe just, not. Um, I, I, right, that's definitely right. a Depending on the situation. Uh, standpoint. They, they, as a group, they, they don't look at prisms as a long-term therapy. Um, and I would say that there's truth to that. Um, but there's also exceptions. Um, and mm-hmm. everybody who has a traumatic brain injury is different. There are no. Oh, absolutely. And, and, <laughs> and, yeah. And so this is, you could probably lecture me on this without question <laughs> um, because there's such, there's such variety in how people present, but prisms is just a tool. Um, uh, lenses are a tool. Colors are a tool. Um, occlusions are a tool. And, and of course, um, therapies that activate different parts of the brain. One of uh, their tool as well. One of my colleagues in Phoenix um, has a great way of describing this. She says it's like two siblings that are fighting each other. And the idea is to make them have peace with each other. 
And so the left and the right, so for instance, if you get hit on the left side of your head, what happens is your space, your awareness of, of where you're at in space gets altered on the side opposite that you get hit. So let me, let me kind of like get, dive into the detail here. Um, so if you get hit on the left side, your space gets pushed out to the right. And there's a concept that is really, really important. And it's fancy, and it has a, you know, kind of a fancy medical term. But um, I'll, I'll tell you what it really means. It's called egocentric localization. How's that for fancy, Amy? Um, <laughs> and ego, egocentric localization just means where's your midline? And so there's three kinds of midlines. There's a midline from right to left. There's a midline up and down. And then there's a midline back and forth. And as a result of a hit on the head, your sense of where your midline is altered. And so sometimes giving a prism will help re-educate your brain as to where your true midline is. And what I've noticed over the decade or so I've been doing this is that when your midline is altered, it affects your gait, it affects your posture, it can affect your emotions, it can affect the way you think. Um, It's phenomenal how big it is to have your midline altered. And so one of the things you can do is you can say, okay, Mr. or Mrs. Jones, um, look at uh, something far away and I'm going to pass a wand from right to left. You tell me when it's right in the middle of your body. And it, Amy, it's amazing what people say. I mean, it's darn near a foot away from the middle of their body. And they're like, yep, this is in the middle of my body. And so you oh, know yeah. that, that that's going to be a big part of the therapy that you're going to do with um, doing anything with, with glasses is to try to get that person to appreciate their midline where it truly is so that the body relaxes and your right and left can talk to each other and not fight. That mm-hmm. is, to me, that's a really, really big point. So an egocentric shift or a shift in your midline um, can affect so many different things. I'm sure you've heard of the term, and here's another fancy medical term, you can't turn your eyes in, convergence insufficiency. And there are tons of people that get hit on the head and they have reading problems, right? I mean, they can't. They're exhausted after 10 minutes of reading. And so why is that? Well, one of the reasons, there are many, one of the reasons is that your, your midline is shifted one side or the other. And it's really difficult to turn your eyes in when you don't know where center is. Cause, uh, and it's exhausting. It's, it's, it's very difficult. So one of the things you can do, Sure, you can do exercises for making people turn their eyes in better. But if they are not aware of where their center is, to turn your eyes in or to converge, which is what you have to do when you read, becomes very hard. And so that's a concept where prisms have a lot of benefit. They can shift space so the person has an idea of where their midline is, either up or down Mm -hmm. or right or left or front or back. Um, and I've done this over and over with people 
Um, I just was working with a, um, a rugby, a college rugby player as a female. Um, and um, you had a problem with eye tracking, right? And then when, mm-hmm. when, you, when you got that fixed, it made a big difference for you, correct? Oh, yeah, huge. Right, it does. Okay. And so um, one of the ways to look at tracking is to, you know, the, the traditional way in an eye doctor exam is to hold a pen or a letter or something like that and just move it back and forth from right to left and up and down and watch the eyes and see what happens. And that can give you some information, but there are other types of instruments that are more sophisticated. One of them is called the right eye, R-I-G-H-T-E-Y-E. And it's a, it's a tool. It has, it's a, a computer screen with, with some infrared sensors that detect what your eyes are doing as you follow an image on the screen back and forth, up and down, in circles, jumping from right to left, and up and down. And so you get a report. And, well, I did this on this rugby player, and as a result of the hit on her head, everything was shifted to the right. So when she was looking at a point and she thought she was looking at an intersection of two lines, she was off to the right. That's extremely valuable for a person like me because then I know that her midline was shifted to the right. And I asked her, I said, um, where'd you get hit? Guess where? On the left side. And so that's really valuable because then I can give her a lens, a prism, a color, or an occlusion to go ahead and help re-educate her brain as to where center really is. And so it was, it was phenomenally successful for her. Um, and so that's just one, one little tiny thing that a neurooptometrist can help with eyes in the perception of space as the result of the injury to the brain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that you do a lot of work with um, integrated brain centers, um, utilizing right. functional Great neurology yep. into what you do. And, you know, you're talking about the midline. And I just remember early in my functional neurology um, treatment, doing lots of exercises that crossed my midline, um, trying to get the body to recognize to get that left and right working together. Right. So like figure eights with my arm Mm -hmm. going past the midline and, um, you know, I never realized how critical the midline was and knowing where you are (laughs) and you know how you said the one, the one person you moved the thing and it was like a foot away from her and she thought it was in the middle. And, you know, I remember having to close my eyes with my hands out and like march in place. And then I, when I opened my eyes, I had rotated like 90 degrees left. And like the average person would be able to march in place. You know, the person without brain injury um, would be able to stay right where they were. Right. Um, So just another example of how off we are after a brain injury and traditional medicine just isn't finding this stuff. And it's so frustrating. Um, and, yeah. you know, it's, it's why I'm so glad there's, there's doctors like you out there and, um, you know, like Studman and, Perry and Maynard um, 
who do get this. And, you know, I was just out there in July out in Colorado and um, Dr. Perry worked with me a little bit and he found a couple, like I had some weird right eye thing going on that I didn't even know about. Um, He found it and and like resolved (laughs) it for me. And I was like, Oh, Hey, I feel really good now. (laughs) You know, and that's, that's That's five years later after, you know, doing functional neurology the first time. So um, i that's a really big point is that things yeah. can pop up much yes. later and you, you and, or and you can I bump just, your I head just, again. Well, exactly. And people do, you know, I so bump your head on the car door or a cupboard. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you're, because why? Because mm-hmm. your perception of space <laughs> yep. is off yep. because of the original hit. And so it lends itself to more TBI. I, I the, the, my very first person I saw um, came in to me to want to do some light therapy. And I started taking a history with her and she said, oh, yeah, I've had seven concussions. <laughs> what? Like no big deal. Let's put light therapy on the, on the back burner for a little bit and talk more about the hip to your head or the hits to your head. Um, and it was it was a giant um, eye opener that for me, people who have one are much more susceptible to getting another yeah. unless they mm-hmm. get the help that they need. And you're right, Integrative Brain Centers, phenomenal place. Um, I'm so happy to be associated with um, such a brilliant team of clinicians um, that gets the fundamentals of what happens in a in a brain injury and how it can affect. And I I'm gonna. I'm going to pump up my end of it a little bit too. I feel like a lot of people plateau when Mm -hmm. they deal with functional neurology because the visual component is not completely handled. So you got to handle the vision component as well as all the rest of the things that, that happen. One of the really interesting things talking about timing and, um, TBIs and susceptibility is what I've learned is initially when you get hit on the head, that side of the brain is dominant. And so we're talking about balance, right? I mean, it's always trying to balance the streams of information that come into your brain from your eyes and back to your eyes. And so if you get hit on the, on the right side, initially that side of the brain is going to be dominant as it tries to, to figure out what, what happened and, and, and what's going on. And so the idea from a neurooptometry perspective is to try to stimulate the opposite side. Time, though, it's reversed. So as the healing goes on, the side that got hit becomes the less dominant side. And then you want to go ahead and use activities, therapies, prisms, colors, occlusions, and lenses to try to stimulate the side of the brain injury. Isn't that interesting? That is fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I learned this from one of my colleagues in Tucson, uh, Dr. Amy Thomas. Um, and uh, she, the way she put it was like, oh, yeah, 
it's all about the timing. It's all about where that person is when they come to you. And sometimes, uh, you know, it's kind of sad, but like you said, two years later, you run into somebody who thinks out. And so, Mm -hmm. for instance, if you walked into my office two years later, I'm pretty sure the side that's most affected by the traumatic brain injury is the side you want to stimulate because it's always about this balance, right? It's, you know, right and left, up and down, peripheral and central. Um, and that's why lenses seem to make a big difference. Here's a, another really kind of a cool point is, is that most people are used to going to an eye doctor to get glasses that make the chart um, on the wall right. as sharp <laughs> as possible. Yeah. However, when you, when you do that, right, it's all about acuity, right? Um, when you do that and you ignore the periphery, you ignore what's going on with that person. And so oftentimes what we do is we under-prescribe, especially if they're nearsighted. We under-prescribe because you know what that does? It stimulates the periphery. So we don't give as much attention to the macula and the, the, the central eyesight. Instead, we try and make lenses that spread light out to the periphery to enhance that because it's the mismatch between center and periphery that causes, for instance, visual motion sensitivity. And I'm sure you've talked to people that have had this where they turn their head and the world goes crazy oh, um, yeah. or no. they, they can't handle being in a grocery store. Um, or uh, I know one guy who had a, a uh, he had a fender bender, um, but hit his head and it destroyed his life for eight years and he had a he was a he was a brilliant person and super super articulate and he said he tried to go he was in the middle of a construction project in his home and he tried to go to home depot and he couldn't take in any peripheral eyesight and so all he could do was be in this really tiny little world of central eyesight and so he would and, and it just freaked him out because you know, there's a lot. Do you ever go to a Home Depot on a Saturday morning? It's crazy. You know, there's, there's all kinds of stimuli coming in. And he could not understand any of it except for what was in a very tiny, tiny part of his central vision. Most vision experts think that there's four to six of your awareness is central. That leaves a whole lot to the periphery. I mean, that's a really amazing statistic when you think about it, is that your visual attention is only about 4 to 6% central eyesight. And all the rest of it is your periphery. And all the rest of it is what's dictating how you move through space and how you interact with um, objects in space and where you are in relation to those. So the idea of visual motion sensitivity has a lot to do with how balance the center eyesight and the peripheral vision is that make sense Mm-hmm. it does and you know it's just all so connected and you know i think this the whole eye connection it, like i read a statistic it's something like 90 percent of people who have a, a brain injury will have eye problems right or vision problems um 
and it's so misunderstood in the medical community. And, you know, like I said, I had, you know, my eye doctor tried her best. Um, my neurologist just blew my stuff off. I kept telling her I thought my eyes were what were making me dizzy. And she's like, well, that's not really possible. And I'm like. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know, right? Like, I feel like going back to her and taking her her diploma off the wall and saying you don't deserve this. No, um, your frustration is, pal- you know, absolutely warranted. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I mean, to, to say that the eyes are not hooked up into your uh, vestibular system, where that's inner ear, vision, and cerebellum, you know, the base of your brain, is crazy. I mean, of course it is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, in fact um, 90% of people with a vision problem have something going on with their vestibular problem as a result of a traumatic brain injury. And so, and, and of course, if you have a vestibular problem, fancy word for saying balance, right? It's real easy to be dizzy. Really? Mm-hmm. So I, understand I think there's a lot saying. of people out there. I'm in a vestibular group on Facebook as well. And, you know, I just read all these people's symptoms and I'm like, you have had a brain injury. Like, you know, right. like it could have been, uh, you know, it could have just simply been hitting their head on the car door or the cupboard, you know, like it doesn't have to be this great big hit like people, you know, just assume um, or they could have been in a car accident. You know, we're just we're so misdiagnosed. It's just so not caught by doctors or they, the emergency room might tell you, you know, keep an eye on it. You might have a concussion, but they don't tell you anything about what kind of symptoms that can present, Um, you know, and these poor people dealing with balance and dizziness problems. I just, I, I just feel so bad for them. And, you know, it's like there, there is help. There are doctors like you, there's doctors like Shane and Perry, Um, you know, there's, there really truly is help. And no matter how far out you are from your injury, there's help. You know, you might not get back to a hundred percent, but you know, if you're sitting at, 30% 30% function, getting back to even 60% is, you know, a huge improvement. Huge. So, a- yeah. Absolutely. And kudos, kudos to you for doing this, um, to allow a forum for people like Dr. Stedman and Maynard and me, Dr. Trinka, to just talk about this a little bit so that we can raise the awareness of people yeah. so that they have options because they're going to go to their doctors and they're going to go to neurologists and that's mm-hmm. important. And they're going to go to PTs and OTs and that's important. It's a giant team. It's not any one person. It's what all of the people can do as a group to help you. And the, I guess one of the issues that I see is, is that it's really hard to, to kind of coordinate all this. Um, did you find the same thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought you'd say. You know, it's just like, you know, I mean, I'm on the lower end of the numbers. Like, I probably saw 15 to 20 different doctors, therapists, Ooh. whatever they might be. Um, I'd say the average person's closer to 30 before they find that's someone. That's obnoxious. That, that's, it's that's just not just, right. And, and, of course, that's your, yeah, that's your mission. And, and I so appreciate it. And I and I am kudos to you, Amy. Um, for doing what you do. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. 
so, Dr. Trinka, we are just about out of time, and I would love to end out the, the podcast here um, just by asking you, you know, if you have any final final parting thoughts for our listeners, any final words of wisdom, um, someone that's listening and, you know, still struggling with their vision. Um, I would, I would say still struggling with their brain because the (laughs) input into the brain from your eyes and your vision is the largest input of all into your brain. (laughs) Sensory input from eyes takes, it, it is absolutely number one. And so, don't settle is my, is my, is my mm, advice. Yeah. Um, find a neurooptometrist, and it's a combination of skill and personality, um, you know, because a person can have skill, but if they can't relate to you, it's not a, as good of an experience. So you need kind of both things. I would say emphasis on skill. It's nice to have the personality to go along with it as well. Um, but generally, if you're not looking at the visual component or the vision component, you're missing a place that can be extremely powerful in helping you regain what you lost. And that would be my message. Awesome. So, Dr. Trinka, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, what is your website? It's um, iBrainConnection.com. And... Um, uh, I, in, in that, I kind of talk about some of the things that I, I talked about today, um, although not in the type of detail. Um, I've had multiple three-day seminars on this concept. <laughs> and so to put it into 30 minutes is, you know, skimming, kind of skimming the highlights. Um, yeah. There's a lot here. And I know that through this type of work, in addition to functional neurology, we can help a great deal of people regain what Mm -hmm. they've lost through a traumatic brain injury. Awesome. Well, Dr. Trinka, thank you so much for being here today. And again, it's iBrainConnection.com. And I do have that in the show notes for anyone that would like to click through. Um, And just thank you for being here and sharing with our listeners today. Uh, Thank you, Amy. I appreciate the opportunity to spread the message. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And another big thank you to our sponsor, Integrated Brain Centers. You can find them online at Integrated Brain Centers. And just another reminder, you can find previous podcast episodes on most streaming platforms, such as iTunes, or you can go to facesoftbi.com to find all previous podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zalmer. And also remember to join Amy's TBI tribe on Facebook. Thank you for listening and thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you next time.